All right, James chapter 1 here. Tonight, James chapter 1. And uh, verse number 22. I have this lesson, and I believe just two more, possibly three more. I've been saying that for about four weeks. Um, but uh, I think I mean it. Um, we just have a few more here uh, about happiness. What is happiness or what brings us true uh, happiness. The difference between the, uh, the uh, happiness that God tells us we can have and the happiness that we are often searching for is the matter of uh, longevity. Uh, much of the happiness, we look for immediate gratification. We're looking for being happy right now. And so we find something that makes us happy right now. If I'm thirsty, I want to find something to drink right now. If I'm hungry, I want to find something to eat right now. If I have a desire, I want to go meet that desire right now. And, uh, but God said th th those things are fine. They'll make you happy, but they don't make you happy for very long. They make you happy for a period of time. But once that activity is over, or once that desire has passed, then no longer the happiness likewise flees. So God gives us some things that he tells us, if you want to be happy or be blessed, let me give you some ideas of what you can do to be blessed or to, to be, to be happy. And so, uh, tonight we're gonna look at another one, uh, James chapter one, verse 22, we're going to several passages tonight, so keep your Bibles handy. Let's pray here, we'll get into it. Father, bless tonight, we ask, and uh, use it. Uh, I pray that we'll listen. Boy, you could really uh, get a hold of hearts tonight, I believe. Uh, of course, I believe that every time this book is open, I believe every time this book is open, the Word of God is preached, somebody's life is in the balance. Somebody's life could be transformed. Something could happen and uh, Lord, I pray tonight that somebody get reached and touched. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse number uh, 22, uh, James chapter 1 and uh, verse number 22. He said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man uh, be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror, if you will. Uh, verse uh, 24, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, it's like a soul for our, uh, 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 I mean a mirror for our soul, and continueth therein, and he being not forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed or this man shall be happy in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Um, and so I want to talk about tonight, uh, about this matter of where happy are they that are busy for God. Happy are they that are busy for God. If we practice what God tells us, uh, then we will be happy people. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll look at uh, um, uh, the things that we've studied recently and look at Christians that have applied these things in their life, you'll find they're very, very happy uh, Christians and very happy people. They're always happy. Those who are obedient to what God says, those who suffer for righteousness' sake or for persecution's sake, those that follow the Beatitudes, those that uh, look at the recipe of Psalm chapter 1, those that fear the Lord, those who have made the Lord their own God, uh, those people walk out very happy, very satisfied type of people. And uh, tonight, we find another great avenue here to happiness, and this happiness that lasts, the Bible says here, if somebody who's a doer of the word, 
a doer of the word. Um, it's interesting in the Bible, uh, the, the Bible's not full of just a whole bunch of don'ts and do nots and thou shalt not, but the Bible's also full of a whole bunch of thou shalts and things to do. Yes, he gives us the regulations and the rules that says don't do these things, but on top of that, he gives us a whole pile of stuff we're supposed to be doing and being active. Much of the Bible is telling us we ought to be busy and we ought to be working for the Lord. O land of rest, for thee I sigh, when will the morning come? When I shall lay my armor by and dwell at peace at home? When? Uh, we'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes and then we'll be gathered home. Uh, uh, we ought to be busy working for the Lord. Take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 2 tonight. Genesis chapter number 2. And verse number, uh, verse number one. I know my voice is a little raspy here. It's uh, cold and, and wet, and sleeping two hours in the truck for the, for three days didn't help. I tell you, uh, there's nothing like dip netting though. Man, it's so much fun. There's nothing like just you know. It seems like it should be illegal, um, but until it is, I'm gonna enjoy it. Uh, I hate fishing because you sit there for hours and don't catch anything. I, so I don't really care for fishing, but dip netting, I mean, there's times you sit there for hours and don't catch anything also. But then there's those times, those times when you can't get on fast enough, just one after another, one after another, and uh, it's, uh, it's hilarious. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. The Lord just, chapter 1, just created everything. Chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Verse 2, and on the seventh day, God ended his what? His work. He ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. So God told us here, he just got done spending six days working. He was working. Is God a sinner? No. Does God do wrong? Does God do evil? No. And what was the Lord doing? Working. He was working. Okay, look at verse number, uh, verse number four. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. And the day that the Lord God made uh, the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was on the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to what? Till the ground. There was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face to the ground. The Lord God formed man and, uh, of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay, so what did he say? God worked for six days. Then God uh, uh, came down and God said there was not a man to till the ground. Next verse, what did he do? So he made man. He made man. It just makes sense that he says there was, it'd be like me saying, I had nobody to vacuum the church, so I called Shana. Uh, I didn't call Shana to go clean the parking lot, obviously, to do what I just said, to vacuum the church. And so God said, there was no man to till the ground. So I created man. And what did I do with him? I put him in the garden. Why? Obviously, to till the ground, to work. Um, uh, now go down to verse number 18. Man is now in the garden, 
And the Lord, verse 18, the Lord said, it is not good for the man that he should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So finding somebody, a help who was meet for him, a helper that can help him do what? Work till the ground to get the stuff done. So God made the garden and he put man in the garden and said, man, work it, work it. Plant stuff, pick stuff up, move it around, pluck the fruit, keep it clean. I want you to till the ground. I want you to work the land. God said, I just got done working six days. I made you a beautiful garden. I'm putting you in the garden. Why? To work the ground. Here's the thing. Uh, sin had not happened yet. The Garden of Eden was like heaven. It was a perfect place, a sinless place, a, a, a utopia, uh, just like heaven's going to be. And what were they doing in this utopia, this sinless, perfect land? They were working. They were working. Uh, work was not part of the curse. Work is a spiritual thing to do. It's a spiritual activity, and work is a blessing, and work makes us happy. God did not take man and put man in the garden, say, I want you to work in the garden, and man go, I hate this. I got to be at work at nine o'clock in the morning and work till five. I just hate this. This is miserable. I can't wait till my lunch break comes. No, it wasn't a miserable thing. It was a great thing, an enjoyable thing. Man loved it. Why? Because it was a spiritual good thing to do to work in the garden. That's why God placed him there. We are happy when we are busy. We are happy when we are busy. When we are busy with the work that God gave us to do. That makes us happy. Um, uh, God has given us a garden also. God's given us a vineyard to keep also. God has given us Aurora Baptist Church and, and placed us in this vineyard and said, hey, I put you in the garden to till the ground. I put you here to do some work. Go to Psalm 65. Psalm 65. This is so good tonight. I'm, I'm so excited about this. Psalm 65. Look at verse number four. Psalm 65, verse four. He said, blessed is the man, or happy is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Um, uh, he said there, he said, so what did he say? He said, blessed is that man or happy is that man who what? God chose him. And what did God do with him? God put him in his courts. He satisfied him in his house and in his holy temple. Tell me, where's God's house today? Where's God's courts today? Where's God's holy temple today? Well, it's right here. It's the house of God. It's the place where God, according to Corinthians, where God has planted every member in the body where it hath pleased him. He talks about that local New Testament body of believers all through the book of Acts where, where the church came together. And the church is not the building. The church is us. And we come together on a regular basis and we meet with each other and around God's word. And God said, hey, I've given you now a happiness in my house and in my courts. Okay, go to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. And look at verse number 4. Psalm 84 and verse 4. Blessed are they, or happy are they, that dwell in thy house. Boy, look at that. 
God just said you're going to be happy if I, the ones that I chose and I put you in my court, in my house, in my holy temple. He said here again, happy are those that do what? They dwell in my house. Go to Proverbs chapter number uh, 8. Proverbs chapter 8. One book over, Proverbs chapter 8. And look at verse number 34. Blessed or happy is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. What's he talking about here? He said, blessed is that man that he's watching daily at my gates. The man that is, is, is waiting by the post of my door. What's he doing? He's standing by the front door of the house, uh, of, of God's house, waiting. Waiting by the front door. What can I do? Watching and waiting. What can I do? He's posted there. It's his post. It's, his, it's where he was placed. It's his job. And he sits outside and says, what am I doing? I'm waiting and I'm watching outside the house. Of God. And God said, now, happy is that man. Happy is that man that I find him and I put him in my courts, my house, my holy temple. Happy is that man that dwells in my house. Happy is that man that, that stands outside the doors watching and waiting outside my house to do something for me. Uh, what are we waiting for? What are we watching for? We're looking for some work to do in the master's house. That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for something that God has for us to do. So we stand there and watch and wait, looking for God to do something. The happiest members of Aurora Baptist Church are the busiest members of Aurora Baptist Church. The happiest members of this church are the busiest members of this church. The sad, depressed, disgruntled uh, uh, type of people are those, they don't do anything. They don't do anything. They don't get involved. They don't work. They don't labor. They don't give. They don't do anything. But they do criticize. They complain. They come in late. They sit in the back with their arms crossed. They play on their phones. They, those, they're not happy. But boy, the ones that are happy, the happiest ones are the ones who are involved and they're working and doing their job. Uh, happiness comes from working, not from playing. You don't build relationships by going bowling together. You don't build relationships by going out to a ball game or hockey game together. That's not where you build relationships. The, the relationships are built when we all get together and we work together. We work together. Uh, you, you, you take somebody and you labor with them and you work together on a common goal or a common cause. You build a great bond between you. And I think that's what God had in mind when he talked about the church is that the church is to come together and we're to work together. Why are we working together? Because we build a stronger bond when we all are working for a common cause. And we all should work for the same cause. Not everybody working for a different cause. Let's all get together and work for the same cause. What's that? Glorifying God, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we come together and we work for that cause, it binds us and makes us stronger. That's why I say if we have a work day at the church, everybody come. Everybody come. Say, so, well, I'm not well-bodied enough. You're well-bodied enough to do something. Everybody get involved. And let's work together and labor together. It builds a very strong, close bond. Um, uh, not, not just the fun times. 
That doesn't build great bonds. Or going to the barbecues or a church picnic or some sort of an outing that the church has or, or the end of the month dinners or those uh, different activities. Listen, that, that's not what builds relationships. That's not what builds a, a, a strong bond. It's working together. That's what builds the bond, and that's what God told us to do. When we have work nights together or we raise money and we all do a, a fundraiser and we all work together or we have a certain goal and we work together or we all get involved to help a certain ministry or we're all going to have a revival or we're all going to have a missions conference or we're all going to have team camp or we're all going to paint the buses or we're all going to run a bus route or we're all going to start a new high school class. When we work together, we're happy people because God placed us in the garden to work and that makes us happy. Fun is temporary happiness. Work is a lasting happiness. See, we're not working. Uh, 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 the, the, the working for the Lord makes us happy. Because we're not looking to make money. We're not working to make success. But we are, we're working for something meaningful. And the more meaningful it is that you're working for, the happier you are. When you're working for a cause that's meaningful, you become very happy about that cause. Um, there's a purpose in the labor that we do for God. There's a purpose in it. And if, we, if I could somehow get everybody to see there is no small job at this church. Everything. Everything is important. The choir, when the choir comes up here, I tell them, listen, you sit up and you sing and you smile and you pray and you practice and you work and you, and you stay up here. And, and, and that's important because a visitor is going to come in and they're not watching me preach. Half the time, they're watching you. They're watching you. And, and, and if you're sleeping or chewing gum or playing on your phone or, or looking around or rolling your eyes, hey, listen, that visitor may walk out and not get saved or not have their life touched because of you. It's no big uh, little job. It's all big jobs. Hey, your songbooks, uh, uh, you come in, straighten the songbooks. Why? It could make a difference in somebody's life to have those straightened. I'm saying every job we do. Um, imagine if somebody didn't clean the, uh, clean the church on a Saturday night. It's a Sunday morning rolls around and somebody comes into church and they go into a, a dirty bathroom. Or they go into a bathroom with no toilet paper. Or they, go, or, they, or, or, or they sit in a pew that has a cracker crumbs all over it from last service. That could be so distracting for people. They could even say, look, there's not a bathroom, uh, uh, toilet paper in the bathroom. We're going to leave. I got to use the restroom. We have, we have restrooms for, for, so when people come, they can stay. It's an important job. So what I'm saying is, let's work together. You know, as a layman, before I was ever called to preach, when I was just a layman, and my dad and I were attending the church, you know what we did? We, we got involved. We got involved. And there's nothing quite like a Sunday night when you go home exhausted Amen. and go, man, I made a difference in the last 48 hours. In the last 48 hours, I made a difference in somebody. There's nothing like going home exhausted and saying, what a long weekend. Man, I was at prayer meeting and soul winning and passing out tracks and cleaning the church and, and visiting my bus route and then visiting some other visitors. And, and, then I, and then I had to go to quiet. After that, I had practice. And after that, I had to go make another visit on my bus route. And then at midnight, a bus kid called me up and I had to take food over to their family. And then I had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and come over here. My bus wouldn't start. And so I had to work on getting my bus started. And then, well, I mean, and then you come back Sunday night after 10 o'clock at night after dropping people off and say, man, I'm tired. But I tell you what. I made a difference today. There's nothing like it. Boy, I was a layman. 
Saturday and Sunday were shot, man. I was, my dad and I, we were at the church from early Saturday morning, usually about 7 o'clock Saturday morning, until probably 11, 12 o'clock Saturday night, back at the church about 7.30 Sunday morning, and stayed there until about 11, 12 o'clock on Sunday night as a layman. Boy, I'll tell you nothing like college, same thing. College, some Friday, Friday uh, 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 Saturday morning, 7 o'clock bus captain meeting, I didn't sleep or do anything until about 3 o'clock Monday morning. And it was all, and now as a pastor, same thing, boy. Work, work, work. And I mean, Saturdays, just on the weekend, I put in close to 35 hours a week, just on the weekend. Just on the weekend, I put in almost a full-time job, just on Saturday and Sunday. And I, but there's nothing like it when you go at home at night and you lay your head in your pillow and you're, and you're dead tired and you can think about that kid, Adam, that got saved. And you think about Emily and how attentive she was in church. And, and you think about uh, 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 Miss Maria she sang that song and people in the choir were weeping. And, and you think about uh, uh, people that came to the altar. You think about the text message somebody sent and the life was touched that day. And you say, man alive, it was a great Sunday. Why? We were working. And that happiness sticks around because it was a meaningful type of happiness. Work brings happiness because you get to see the fruit of your labor. Now, see, we have other areas we can see the fruit of our labor. Okay, we went fishing. Man, praise the Lord. We worked hard for, for, for uh, uh, two and a half days. We worked hard. And we got home and had a cooler full of fish. And that brought some happiness, yes. But that happiness soon goes away when you have to clean them. I mean, when, after you eat them. And uh, that happiness goes away when they're gone. See, that, that happiness flees. You, you can find some happiness in your labor. You go home and, and mow your grass, and, and, the, and your grass is nice and mowed. You look out there and say, man, that looks good. makes me feel good. I'm happy about that. A week later, happiness is gone because you've got to mow it again. But the things we do for God, they last. They last. Those people that got saved Sunday, I wonder how many people were involved in Adam getting saved. Somebody had to give him a track. Somebody had to visit him. Somebody had to pick him up on a bus. Somebody had to drive that bus. Somebody had to show him where to go when he got here. Somebody had to teach his Sunday school class. Somebody else had to get him to sit in the front row. Somebody else had to sing in the choir for him. Somebody else had to preach a sermon. Somebody else had to play the piano. Somebody else had to clean the bathroom. Somebody else had to witness to him. Somebody else had to help him get ready for him to get baptized. Somebody else had to baptize him. Somebody else had to take him back to the bus and take him back home again. Somebody's going to check up on him this week. I'm saying a lot of people went to work on this boy. We had to go home and say, I had a part in that. If you do anything at a Royal Baptist church, if you say amen during the preaching, which is rare, amen? amen. No, thank you. And, uh, or, if you or if you put a dollar in the offering plate, that boy that got saved, you can sit there and say, I had a part in that. If you clean the church, you had a part in him getting saved. If you were an usher, you had a part in him getting saved. If you were a greeter, you had a part in him getting saved. If you drove a bus, you had a part in him getting saved. If you teach a class, you had a part in him getting saved. And a part of Emily getting saved. And a part of, of, of Bobby getting saved. And so many others. I'm saying that you had a part in it if you were busy here working. That is the good stuff that lasts. Those things are the lasting happiness. Uh, when we work for the Lord, the fruit of our labor never goes away. Never. It doesn't go away. We can look back two years ago when somebody, I still rejoice about Karen getting saved. I still rejoice about, uh, about Matthew getting his heart right with the Lord. I still rejoice about Johannes. Who came first time he came to this church? Lied about his age. Lied. In church. Lied. Got saved. Said the prayer. 
But you know what? God started working on him. A few months later, he came and said, Preacher, I lied to you. This is my age. And I lied to you. I didn't really get saved. I didn't mean it the first time, but I'm ready to get saved now. Boy, let, let me tell you, I, that will live on forever. That's a joy that will never fade away. When uh, uh, a dingleberry here, what's your name? Maori. Maori and said, Preacher, I want to be in the choir. I said, all right, Maori, be in the choir, but not until you're at every single service, you wear a skirt to every service for a month, then we'll talk about it. She has been here every single time, everything we've done, sat in the front with a skirt and a good spirit and a smile on her face. That lasts forever. I'm saying that we, we can just go through here, the, the things that God does, those are happinesses and joys that will never go away. Go to Matthew. Take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, look at verse number 46. Matthew 24, verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Find so doing. Uh, what, hey, God said, happy is that man. When his Lord comes, he's doing. Doing what? So doing. What's that? What the servant said to do, or what the Lord said to do? Found him so doing. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter number 12. And look at verse 37. Luke chapter 12, verse 37. I love hearing the pages turn in the Bible. Thank you for bringing your Bible. Luke chapter 12, verse 37. Blessed or happy are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Now, wait a minute. Did we read a little while ago that what were they doing at the doors of the house of the Lord? They were watching and waiting. He said, blessed are those servants that are watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to me and will come forth and serve them. Uh, verse 38. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so Blessed are those servants, or happy are those servants. And this know, that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief had come, he would have watched and not suffered the house to be broken through. Be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to us all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? And give them portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant, or happy is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. The Lord wants to find us busy. And when we are busy in his house, where he planted us in this garden, in this holy temple, to do his work that he's put us here to do, God said, you're a happy person when I find you so doing. We are happy when we are doing the Lord's work. Uh, we're waiting in his house. We are at the door of the house of God. Uh, happy are they. Listen, happy are they that go out soul winning on Saturday. Happy are they that, that they say, I'm putting out a couple hours, I'm going to go tell somebody about Christ. Happy are they that hand out their one-day gospel tracts. Happy are they that are always looking for somebody to win to Christ. Ha happy is that Sunday school teacher. 
who gives them, uh, puts into their lesson and, and puts into their class and prays for their class and loves their class and thinks about their class and takes care of their classroom and, and cleans it up and, and gets it ready and, and knows those kids' names. Are happy is that Sunday school teacher. Happy is the one that's doing something in the house of God. Happy are the choir members. Uh, that are singing. I was thinking about this earlier that, uh, you know, Miss Clark. Man, she can, she can, uh, she can, she can jump on anybody hard. She's mean as a snake, you know. And uh, and then I was thinking about it. She is so mean to so many people, and gets away with it. They like it. And I thought this is why. I think it was this past Sunday, maybe it was a week ago. She said to the choir, she said something was I don't know, I can't remember the exact scenario now, but she said, "I'm proud of all you all did a great job." And you know what the choir did? Man, they were beaten. Because I'll tell you what, for Miss Clark to say you did a good job is a miracle. And, uh, I mean, y'all did fabulous. I mean, you really did good. But, you know, I wonder how many people live for that to hear her say, good job. I know I do. She told me once already in my lifetime that I did good. But, uh, but you know, I wonder how much we live for the Lord to look down and say, you did good there. Proud of you for that. Hey, listen, uh, happy are the ones that are in the choir. Happy are those that get involved in the house of God and find something to do. Listen, there's stuff to do that we, you get involved, you'd be happy and get involved. Hey, go to church. Go to church faithfully and get involved. You know what we can use? We can use somebody that decides they're going to keep up the grounds. Mrs. A has uh, uh, planted grass and decides she has watered that grass and take care of that. That's great. You know, I wish somebody would take it in their hands that I'm going to take care of the property. I'll come in once a month and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, and uh, head, uh, trim the hedges. I'll come in and, and uh, 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 sweep up, uh, pick up trash and rake things out of the bushes. Find some, not somebody's, somebody's not doing anything. So I'm going to do that once in a while. Get involved. Happy are those that are watching and waiting at the, at the post of the door of God's house. Uh, those who play the piano, happy are they. Uh, happy is that greeter. Happy are the ushers that are, that are there to take care of Paul and the services. And they're there that'll, that'll take the account and take the offering. And that'll, that'll help somebody as a baby and show somebody our classes. And, and uh, uh, take care of different needs that come up during church. Happy are they. Uh, happy is the greeters. Happy is the person that may, we, we get some people that just come and say, Preacher, give me a list. Give me a list. There's so much to be done. It's stuff that we don't even realize. You know, I want to take that nursery door down and cut it and have to make it a Dutch door out of it. There's a door downstairs that somebody karate kicked in. And uh, that needs to be taken off and put the glued back together. And then one of those brass plates to put on the outside with just a, a push thing with no knob, amen? And uh, next time you have to kick it, won't we just, just push it. You don't have to kick it. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's so many things downstairs. Brother Michael's working on the floor down there. He could use some help. It'd be great if two or three people said, tell me when to be here. We'll be here. Let's do it today. I'll knock it out. Boy, I'm saying that happy are they that are doing things in the house of God. Hey, you have to know the bus route needs, the bus ministry. We need bus drivers. We need bus captains. We need bus workers. Amen. Some of you ought to get involved in the bus ministry and say, man, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, get involved in junior church. There's people here that you don't, you don't sing in the choir. You don't do other things, but you can get involved in junior church. Junior church needs help. They need help down there. Troy said, no, yes, Troy, you need help. And uh, we need some, some people not to go down there and play with the kids. Somebody go down there and help. In junior church. Hey, what about the nursery? Boy, the nursery could use some help. I think that sometimes we, 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 we neglect the one person that gets stuck back there all the time. And she's back there. Miss Teresa's back there because, 
because she said she can't understand English out here. So that's, that's her job. That's her ministry. That's her being faithful, always here, working in the house of God. Have you ever seen her come in with a frown on her face? Have you ever seen her grumpy? I never have. Every time I see her, it's the same thing. That's all she says. Because that's all I understand. And, uh, you know, why? Because she's busy. We, God put us in the garden to work in the garden. And we'll be happy if we do so. Um, a, a, a janitorial type of stuff. It's like this stain. You know how many times this stain, I've, I just cleaned it up about four weeks ago. And it's, it's coming back. You know why? That's oil. Or something somebody dribbled in there before we ever moved in. And there's several of those around the building. And what happens is you clean them. They look great for about a week. And then that oil starts to wick up through the carpet. And the stain comes up. Be great if we have a, a, a carpet shampooer downstairs. My dad found in the dump. And uh, got it working, gave it to us. You know what? Wouldn't it be great if somebody said, I'll come in once a month and just spot clean all the carpets. There's things that can be done. There's things that can be done. Janitorial type of stuff. Uh, uh, listen. Kids and adults alike go through that window on the back and they put their face on that window. And, and kids are the worst. Greasy little hands and greasy little face. <laughs> See, they think it's innocent, but when they leave, it's, it's there. And you go by and the light's just right. You're like, oh, it looks terrible. Yeah, clean it up. It's like that on every door, every window. Hey, listen, be good. Somebody said, I'm, hey, listen, preacher, every service I go 10 minutes early and I'm going to clean all the windows. So I'm saying, happy are they that are standing at the post of God's house, at the door of God, saying, I'm ready to work. And God said, when you're busy so doing for me, you'll be a happy person. I want to start a Reformers Unanimous someday. I want to start a Reformers Unanimous someday and that addiction program and start that thing up. But man, we need somebody that's willing to be faithful and somebody that'll run it and somebody that'll work it. Get involved with something. <coughs> I mentioned the Josue a couple months ago about picking up teenagers Sunday nights and Wednesday night for church. We pulled up this morning or tonight for church. His car's there, van's pulling out of the parking lot, going to pick up these teenagers. You know, even faithful at it. Happy is the man that gets involved in things of God. Happy are those that say, hey, what about teen activity? Some of you ought to get involved in teen activity. Some of you teenagers ought to get involved in teen activity. Uh, uh, go to prayer meeting. If there's a prayer meeting, then get involved in it and pray. Maybe you ought to start a prayer meeting. I wonder if there's a man in the church that says, I'm going to get a group of men together, and every service, before the service, we're going to get together in the room downstairs, and we're going to pray for the service. What would happen if 10 men got together every service and prayed for 10 minutes before the service? See, I think we, I think we, 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 we forgot where the power comes from. We forgot where the holy unction comes from. It comes from God, and we ought to be going there to get it from him. I want to start a jail ministry someday. Somebody ought to say, no. Let's get busy. Let's start a jail ministry. Somebody else say, let's get busy. Let's start a nursing home ministry. Somebody else say, let's start a ministry where I'll go through and visit every visitor that visits us. I think it'd be a great ministry if some lady in the church or a couple or a family got involved and they said, we're going to maybe bake a pie or some homemade cookies or we'll stop by and buy a loaf of a great harvest bread or something. And preacher, if you'll give us the address of somebody that visits us on Sunday, we'll go by their house sometime during the week, thank them for coming, let them know we're glad they're there, give them a little gift and, and, and try to welcome them into the church. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, don't sit there and say there's nothing to do. Find something to do. 
Find something to do. Listen, when I got saved, I, and I went to Bible Baptist Church, I started a teen camp. I started an afternoon program for teenagers. I started a Friday night teen activity. I started several bus routes. I started a, a couple soul winning clubs. We started a night bus Sunday nights after church. I, there's several things. There's something to do. Start something and get excited about it. Hey, somebody ought to be, uh, ought to be in charge of vehicle maintenance. Somebody ought to say, preacher, every week, I'm going to go through every vehicle, check the fluids, make sure that there, if there's anything, he likes anything, I'll, I'll, I'll get those fixed. At your leisure, you can come at 2 in the morning. I don't care when you come to do it. I mean, it can be something where you, can, you don't have to be here at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. You don't have to spit while you preach either. But you can, you can, you can it's gross when I do that. Um, but you can, you can just come at your leisure. Somebody ought to start a public school ministry. Somebody ought to find a public school ministry, go talk to the principal, and, and start a Bible club in the public schools, and go to that public school, like go to one school on Mondays, one school on Tuesday, one on Wednesdays, one on Thursday, one on Fridays, or just go to one once a week that you have a day off, or find a time that you can go, and go there and start a little Bible club. Man, do you know what kind of an impact you're going to have on those kids? Matter of fact, sounds like a good ministry for a high schooler who's already in that school. Amen. What school you go to? You're homeschooled now. What school you go to? You graduated. This is not going out very good. Shayna, you graduated? What school you go to? Service. Well, she started some of the service. Jonathan, what school are you going to this year? Well, oh, I think he said what? West. What if you started something at West? What school you go to? You going to West too? See in high school? Wow, a little tiny, a little short. <laughs> what, if, what, if you, what if you got together in your school and said, I'm going to start something in my school? I'm going to start something in my school. You could make a difference. Uh, 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 what, about, what about teen church? Listen, we want to start teen church here sometime soon, Lord willing. What about teen church? Get involved in teen church. What about doing a Sunday afternoon program with the teenagers? You know, take a couple of teens on your wing and say, Every Sunday, you come with me. It will make a difference in your life. Here's something I'd like to see you start one day. Some of you young men have been called to preach. I would love for you to start a Sunday afternoon chapel. Sunday afternoon chapel. Where you just found a place, a little storefront or a little a room somewhere. Somewhere, uh, somebody's garage. Go in their garage and clean it out and set up chairs and just hold a service and get a bunch of kids or teens or people in the neighborhood, sit them down, have a little service and preach to them Sunday afternoon. Can you imagine if we had 10 guys that went out and did 10 chapels on Sunday afternoon? Those things could grow into churches. This is why I'm happy and you're not happy because I'm all excited about you going. What about street preaching? Some of you young men have been called to preach. Have you ever gone down to 4th Avenue, got your Bible, and stood on the corner and just started preaching? I've done it before. I've done it before. Right there on 4th Avenue. Stand right out there on the corner. It was on 4th and, I can't remember where it was, 4th and uh, probably uh, uh, C Street, B, B Street, uh, could have been C, D Street, probably D Street, I think it was, right in there. Stand on the corner and preach. Uh, what, what about uh, a, a mission, a MSG, mission support group? Well, a couple or a family or a, ladies, a couple of ladies got together and said, hey, we're going to do something for our missionaries once a month. 
Every month, we're going to get together, and we're going to find out what their needs are. We're going to keep in touch with them. We're going to write them letters. We're going to write, and not just a letter. Send them a package. Send them a package. Honestly, listen, missionaries are like kids. You know how kids, you know how kids open birthday cards and Christmas cards? This is how they open it. Amen. That's how college students open letters from home. If there's nothing in it, don't bother reading it because they probably don't care. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You know these missionaries? Hey, don't be just a, a talker of the word. Be a doer of the word. They would love, you know, some, some of them, they can't get chocolate where they are. Chocolate's extreme, and they would do anything on a chocolate bar. Listen, mail the missionary some ice cream. Do, you know, uh, I'm just saying, I'm glad you're paying attention. Get, do some, uh, a mission support group where we say, hey, you have a prayer request, let me know. If you have a need, let us know. If there's something we can help you with, uh, can you imagine a missionary that would call up that lady or that group and, and on a regular basis and say, hey, you know what? We really could use a, a, a new laptop computer. Our computer just gave up the ghost, so we really need some help with that. And you say, I'll tell you what, I'm on it. And pick up the phone and start calling people in the church, see if anybody has an old computer, they can get rid of it. And if not, start raising money and go down and buy one and send them one. You have a lot more happiness out of that than you will the things that you're trying to find happiness in right now. Blessed are they. Hey, what about various soul winning times? I would love to have us get to the place where we have a, an organized soul winning time every day of the week. Every day, somebody does. A, what about a lady soul winning? Oh, we have general soul winning on Saturday. We can do a Thursday night soul winning. We can do teen soul winning Sunday afternoon. We'd have somebody else do a lady soul winning on, on Mondays at, uh, at 11 a.m. We can do a men's soul winning time. We can do a, a, all kinds of different things out there. Start up a soul winning time. Just say, preacher, I want to start a soul winning time. And then get out there and start inviting people to come and, and persuade them, to compel them to come. Force them, threaten them, whatever it takes, you know? I'm just saying... We ought to be busy about our father's business. And Jesus said, 12 years old, that's what he said, know ye not, I must be about my father's business. We ought to be busy doing what God wants us to do. Too busy to get involved in things we shouldn't be doing. The boy, young man, 17, 18 years old, and he, uh, he went to live with his uncle out on the farm. He was from the city. Kind of a, you know, not the best kid in the world, having a few issues, and, Went to live with his uncle on the farm. And uh, he said to his uncle, he said, hey, I want to go into town. I want to go catch a movie and, and uh, hang out, get to know some people and do some stuff. His uncle didn't tell him no. He knew it was a very questionable thing. He shouldn't be in town doing that stuff. He said, sure, no problem. No problem at all. As soon as the, soon as the chores are done, the rest of the night is yours. No curfew. Do whatever you want to do. Kid's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They all say going to work, going to live my uncle would help me. This is great. So what'd he do? Five o'clock in the morning, uncle gets him up. Let's go. Outside milking cows and getting chickens and shoveling hay and work and work and work and work and work and work and work. About six o'clock that night, they come inside, sit down and have dinner. Seven o'clock rolls around. His uncle said, well, the rest of the night is yours. Live it up. Kid goes, I'm going to bed. Goes to bed. Listen, that's the way we ought to be. We ought to be too busy and too tired to get involved in sin. We ought to be just a little too busy, a little too tired 
to mess up our lives. Sorry, I know you invited me out to the bar with you, but I, listen, I, 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 I want to go, but I can't. I got, I got, I got, I got bus ministry. I got soul winning. I'm, I got these visits I make. I'm singing to a special tomorrow. I got to get in the choir. By the time you get done, you say, I'm just too tired. I got to go home because I got to be up at six in the morning. Maybe we ought to be busy about the Father's business. We ought to be too busy to mess up our life or too busy to go wrong. You know what we're going to do when we get to heaven? You know, heaven is not going to be a bunch of clouds and we have halos and wings and floating around those clouds for all eternity. That's, you're not going to become an angel when you die. You weren't an angel on earth, you're not going to be an angel up there. You're not going to become an angel when you die. You know the Bible says we're going to do in heaven? We're going to do what the other heavenly creatures do. They serve God. That's work. Just like in the Garden of Eden before there was sin. They worked. And we get to heaven, you know what we're going to do? We're going to work. We're going to be waiting at the post of his house, watching and waiting for what the Lord wants us to do. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. All I know is it's going to be a lot better than hell. I know that. I don't know what we're going to be doing. I have no idea what the jobs are going to be, but I know one thing. He said we'll serve him day and night. We're going to be busy working. So I'm trying to say, you want to be happy? Hey, get busy. Get busy serving God. How blessed is the man that the Lord shall find him so doing. Blessed is that man that's in his holy temple, in his house, watching and waiting for something to do. Those people are happy. You want to be a happy Christian? You get busy doing something for God. You get busy working in the vineyard that God gave us to work in. And you'll get so busy, you'll be, you'll be happy. There's a lot of joy that comes when you go home Sunday night and go, man, I'm tired. But boy, what a weekend. What a weekend. I had four visitors on my bus. Three of them got saved. Two of them got baptized. I had kids in my Sunday school class, and, and they're coming back next week. And I had visitors showed up in church, and I was able to sit by him. And I got his phone number. I called him this week. <coughs> I was able to get somebody a Bible. And man, what a great Sunday. That's the way it ought to be. We ought to be excited about it. Hey, find a job to do. Find one of these ministries. I'm, I'm going to start something. I'm going to start something. I love it for some of you. Some of you young men say, I want to I start preaching. Well, listen, I never, I've never asked, not one time I ever asked to preach anywhere. You know what I did? I just made an opportunity to go preach. I got me some teenagers together, preached at them. Hey, go get yourself. I, I, I think Sunday afternoon chapel would be awesome. After, after we're done with church here, you go and find a place where you are, and you start promoting it, bringing people in, and preaching it to them, and, and get on. The, you know, there's a lot of people who won't come to church Sunday morning because they're too tired and lazy, but they'll go to church Sunday afternoon. Imagine that you start off with three kids, and then pretty soon a couple teenagers, and then pretty soon you have five or ten teenagers and five or ten kids, and you're preaching to them, and, and pretty soon a couple parents come in, and then pretty soon a couple more parents come in, and pretty soon, and next thing you know, you got 30, 40 folks. And now they're calling you during the week and they're asking you to help them with things. They're asking for counsel. And finally you say, these people need a pastor. You just started a church. I'm glad I'm excited about that. Maybe I'll go do it. I don't know. All right. Ushers, why don't you come? We'll take our uh, other's offering here tonight.